Welcome to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. We talk about the intersection of parenting and technology. Everything you need to know about raising kids in the digital age. This is Parenting Bites. Hi, welcome to Parenting Bites. This is Rebecca Levy of Kids Views. I'm here in the studio today with Amy Oztan of Amy Ever After. Hello. Hello. And then... Live from our New Jersey bureau is <laughs> Andrea Smith <laughs> joining us on Skype. Hi, Andrea. Hey, guys. It's nice to hear you, at least. All good in Jersey land. <laughs> um, this week on the show, we have sort of a counterpoint episode to last week's episode. Um, so we are going to have Sarah DeWitt, who is the VP of PBS Kids Digital, joining us. And she recently gave a TED Talk that says the opposite of what the Common Sense Media Report said in many ways, which is that parents should not be afraid of tech. Um, that well, it can, I, I didn't really think the Common Sense Media Report said that. It was really just reporting what kids are trends. doing, not like but commenting it was, on but, it. But it was all negative. Yeah. Right? Uh, I, I didn't take it that way. I really took it wow, as data. Wow, you didn't take it as negative. Yeah. No, I, ju- I really just took it as data. You know, it yeah. wasn't it I mean, wasn't I guess really they don't the want to pass judgment, but then they have the the dinner thing which obviously we all agreed with which is like put your right. stupid device device oh, yeah. dinner um, right. but I which do isn't think, really passing judgment on, on it it's just saying hey right. let's all try to talk to each other but I think the way that people extrapolate that data like is negative I think when they see how many hours kids are spending on screen time and they I say think they passing, use it to make their own yes. negative points yes common sense didn't make a negative point because yeah. they don't like to like be judgy but that report is definitely being spun yeah. In a pretty negative way. Which is out of common sense's control. Right. Um, so she, though, today we're going to talk about the positive sides. She's going to sort of address these fears that parents have and the guilt and all those things and talk about how tech can be used positively, particularly for um, the pre-K, kindergarten set. And maybe we'll dive a little older, too. But since she's PBS kids, it's, it tends to skew a little younger. So we'll have that. And then we'll have our Bites of the Week. So we'll be right back with Sarah DeWitt. You're listening to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. So we are joined on the phone right now with Sarah DeWitt, who is the vice president of PBS Kids Digital. Um, And I'd like to say, Sarah, the write-up we have says you are passionate about screen time for children. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Like, it's just sort of encapsulates this whole idea of how technology and screen time and digital has really become a normal part of parenting now, right? Mm -hmm. This is not just a side thing, the debate over whether or not your kid's even going to watch a video on a tablet or if you're going to hand your kid your phone at some point. I feel like that's over. Um, So I'd like to jump right in and talk about, you know, how parents can incorporate screen time in a positive way, how we can sort of lose the guilt and what you're seeing also as a mom of a you know preschooler and kindergartner, like how you're seeing this play out in your own home and what you're learning as you go. Sure, sure. Well, I think the, the guilt often stems from the fact that screen time is almost always discussed in terms of how much You know, for many years, the American Academy of Pediatrics was about, you know, less than two hours. Um, And they've changed their guidelines, but I think parents still have this idea that screen time is bad. And certainly there is a threshold at which it's actually harming your child. And then they carry all this, this guilt and anxiety about it. And I think what I've always tried to look at is the fact that 
screens are just a tool, and it's really about what we do with that tool that is going to make it a positive or a negative force in our lives. And so um, I always think back to to Mr. Rogers. I mean, when Mm -hmm. Fred Rogers was making his show, it was when television was this vast wasteland and people were so afraid of kids watching television. And he really tackled it to say, okay, how can we make this pro-social? How can we make this actually help children stop and think about their feelings? So the way that I really suggest approaching screen time is to be proactive about it, to think about how can this best be used in our family's life and how can it be best be used for my kid? Um, And really for parents to take an approach to screen time the way that they do around like meal planning or thinking about your family schedule for the week. If you do a little bit of upfront time, really thinking about, okay, what's going to be the best time this week? Um, Like in my case, the best time is when I'm trying to put my three-year-old down for a nap and my five-year-old wants to be showing me something or pulling on my elbow. That's when I choose something (laughs) that's kind of quiet and fully engrossing that I know it it can't be a game that's going to be very hard that he's going to need to ask for help on. It needs to be something that he can really do on his own so that I can have a few minutes of quiet to get the other one settled. Um, So choosing the right time for you and for the family, but then also thinking about what you want your kid to get out of it. So are are you really kind of worried about your kid's, like, math skills, like is that something you're hearing from the kindergartner, the kindergarten teacher, then that might be something that you look for a math game or a math show or something so that that screen time is doing something that you also hope will, um, the child will get something out of it. And beyond that, even thinking about like what are, what's our next activity after screen time? Are we going to be going outside and playing? Well, maybe that's a great time to play a game that uses the camera so the kid is up and jumping around or a show that you know gets them really um, riled up. In my case, Wild Kratz is a show (laughs) that's all about animals and my children always want to be the animal that was featured on the show today. Mm -hmm. And so I know that's going to be a great time to open the doors and I'll run outside afterwards because then we can be a moose or a bear or a cougar and a wolf pack and whatever, whatever was on screen. Um, You know, is it something, is that the kind of thing you want to use screen time for, getting them excited to do the next thing? So really thinking about like where it fits within the schedule. So what do you think of the fact that the most popular shows for young kids on YouTube are the unboxing videos <laughs> and the surprise egg videos, which is really, I think, for a generation of adults, so so bizarre. Right? so bizarre. We don't yeah. get it. And it's, I mean, these kids could, if you let them, they could watch for hours these little hands, these manicured hands opening surprise eggs. Mm-hmm. And just pulling the little prize out and then doing it again. It's its very strange to me. Right, right. That's really weird. It's so weird. I feel like it's, you know, if, 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 if a child is really fascinated by these unboxing videos, that for me says, okay, this is a really fun activity we should be doing at mm-hmm. home. Like, how does that inspire a hands-on thing? Um, you know, taking a box, closing it up, and putting a surprise inside of it and having your kid open it and see what's in this one. Or wrapping something with your kid and then having the other child open it or having dad open it or mom open it, whoever's not there with you. Um, really, it's kind of like, what, what does that say 
about what the child is being interested in and drawn to. And then how can you then play with that motif away from the screen? I mean, there's some real opportunity there. Right. I like it with holiday season. If you can teach your kid to wrap all the gifts. (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) Put them to work. (laughs) My daughters are 15 and they still can't wrap a gift. Um, I'm known for never wrapping a gift, so that would be awesome. (laughs) You know, I bet you could also find wrapping videos on YouTube. Right. Probably something you could learn. (laughs) Oh, there's one. I'm going to link to it. I'm obsessed with it. The Japanese method, which takes like 15 seconds. No, I think this one had, it had like one or two piece of tape but it was really weird it was like these three weird folds and you're done right that's Mm -hmm. awesome i haven't tried it yet (laughs) you know it's interesting to me for pbs in particular because i think pbs has been a touchstone for certainly my generation of generation x it 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 was what children's television it was it was it Mm -hmm. right we didn't have disney channel we barely had nickelodeon right um it was really sesame street and you know, thankfully, Mr. Rogers, who I think raised a generation of children (laughs) whose moms were doing other things and dads were doing other things. But, um, you know, there's so much now. Mm -hmm. Um, It used to be you had Mr. Rogers, then Sesame Street. And I don't know if it was just in New York. We had Electric Company. Oh, we had Electric Company in Buffalo. Yeah. (laughs) And Zoom. Um, See see how much TV I watched. That's a lot of hours I just named um, in one day. (laughs) But I won. You know, how how do parents sift through all of this and find and curate what is quality now for kids. Everything has an educational label slapped on it, it feels like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, and that is uh, that is such a hard question. And we hear it over and over again when we um, do surveys with parents and just have conversations with them about media for kids today. They feel really overwhelmed. There's so many things out there and so many things are marketed to them as being good and positive, and and it is really hard to navigate it. Um, I have a a few things that are kind of go-tos for me. The first is commonsensemedia.org. They are a nonpartisan uh, nonprofit that rates everything, Um, and I think that is a huge resource um, for parents, um, where they, they not only rate it by quality, but they look at age appropriateness and they look at um, whether or not it might have anything that would be offensive, um, you know, violent, sex, um, abuse of alcohol or drugs. So you can really kind of sift through and find things. And they do that for TV, movies, apps, and video games. Um, another thing that uh, we hear often from parents is they are increasingly trusting their teachers and librarians to make recommendations. And I think this is a, a, a really interesting place, like how you would used to ask a librarian for book recommendations. It actually is a good idea to ask your librarian for website and app re- recommendations. That's, that's something that um, current children's librarians are really becoming engaged with because yeah. that's increasingly a part of what's happening at their local libraries. Um, but then finally, the app stores themselves, it's it's a common point of frustration um, for me, and I know a lot of other content providers, that there isn't really vetting going on mm-hmm. at the store level. I, anyone can build an app and say it's educational, and then it's very possible it can be put into an education category uh, in one of the app stores. Um, and they aren't all the same, but, but there is just so much there that isn't going through any kind of rigorous review. And so 
a, a good idea for parents is to, if you see something that looks fun, looks like something your kids might like, spend a few minutes reading the reviews. Um, do a little search on what that app is and see if you can figure out, does it have in-app purchases? Um, are any teachers recommending it to their classrooms? Is it coming up on any library pages? You know, kind of look at, like, who else is sourcing this um, as something good. And certainly, um, I can tell you from personal experiences that parents do not shy away from saying it in an app store review if they don't like something in an app. So you will definitely find um, the criticisms there. Uh, and so, again, it's, it's just about being a little bit proactive, taking a little bit of time um, to kind of sift through and not just trust the label, but think about what, what makes the most sense. What are you know, your people favorites? ask me all the time, where can I go to find these? You know, like I know how to Google a review and, and, and a lot of people who are pretty tech savvy do. But a lot of people ask me, well, where will I find an unbiased review? Like, can we give some resources for people to to find reviews of these apps, not just in the app store? Um, definitely. The Common Sense Media reviews are mm -hmm. really good. And they are, you know, they have like their kind of professional um, experts read and review, I mean, play and review all these things, but they also open it up for parent ratings on the reviews. So basically, you can kind of see what age group do the experts think this is for, and then what age group do other parents think this is for, and what are other parents saying about this? So I think that's a really good source. And then some of those, um, some of the parenting magazines, I think, do some really great kind of app roundups like um, parents magazine I know like I've I've cut out pages out of that magazine um, and brought home because they've done a really good job too of kind of looking across the landscape and pulling out some really good ones that's right. great what are your kids favorites right now oh um, the Sesame Street cookie monsters challenge um, mm -hmm. is one that um, my five-year-old now was played a lot when he was four um, and it's it's working on executive functioning skills, which <laughs> is awesome. such, you know, so it's not one that like out of the gate you would, a, a parent wouldn't look, just look at this and say, oh, that must be educational, right. um, but it actually has some pretty incredible things in it. It's, um, it's really trying to get kids to listen to directions and then um, do something, even if it isn't what you would expect to do. So, like, my favorite moment is a pig walks across the screen and Cookie Monster starts yelling, don't touch the pig, don't touch the pig. And my, my uh, four-year-old would sit on his hands or he'd put them <laughs> up in the air and try to not touch it. Um, and so it's a really kind of fun challenge that builds over time. So that's been a big one. Um, we're big fans of the Toka Boca apps. Mm -hmm. um, they're just, they're so playful and they're so open-ended. And I love that I can listen to my kids um, play that app and then they're kind of telling a story. Like the Toka Road Trip is one that they play a lot. Or, sorry, that's the Sego Mini actually. Sego Mini Road Trip is one where, you know, they choose which character they're going to put in the car and then they get to choose what kind of car and then my kids are always making up a story about where they're going in the car and what's happening but the whole game is really just you're driving down a road and you're looking for things um, but I love that storytelling aspect um, and then you know Toka Boca like the hair salon and things like that are really fun and then I of course I would be remiss if I didn't mention the PBS Kids Games app, <laughs> one, of, one of our family favorites. That um, It's where we curate all of the PBS Kids games, so the games from the different shows. Um, and we worked really hard at PBS Kids to do it in a way that um, 
parents could put on their own device without it taking up too much space. That's the complaint we get from parents, too. So, you know, you can be on Wi-Fi and kids can access any of the 50 games on it. Or if you're about to go on a plane or um, you need to be away from Wi-Fi, then you can go in and set your storage limit and download the games that fit um, before you leave and then take them with you. Oh, that's that's great great for family, especially for holiday travel coming up. Right, (laughs) yes. So do you do your kids have their own devices? They have um we have two Android tablets um that we bring with us when we're going like on a plane or something like that. But they are not devices that the kids can access at any time at home. We keep them in a drawer with the same it's the same drawer where I put my iPad and where my husband puts his device as well. And so it's kind of like when you know it's tablet time, we will go open that drawer and pull it out and, you know, set up. And, and so we've set up really the things we think make the most sense for the kids. I also, on my own iPad, have um, made one screen just the games for the kids. So I'll go to that screen and give it to them if we're in a situation like on an airplane and we don't have their device or something for them to play with. Right. That's a great tip to have a Mm -hmm. separate screen for them so they're not accessing God knows what or messaging people or texting people. (laughs) (laughs) I I get texts from one of my friend's kids all day the time these <laughs> random texts I'm like oh someone has their mom's phone right that, that's actually why the the kindle um is uh really great for kids because the mm-hmm. the way that you can kind of cordon off the kids stuff separate from the adult stuff right. is really really handy if you have to share a device with a child and mm-hmm. they can't do any damage right <laughs> right, right. Well, that's great. Thank you so much. I think these are really great tips and ideas. And we don't we don't want parents to be feeling bad about using tech. And we don't want them to be scared of using tech. Um, so I do think that is part of modern parenting now, right? Like you, you have right. to figure out how to integrate it into your child's life in a way that doesn't. Um, right. Uh, that, and that adds rather than takes away. And that means really also looking at how you're modeling that use in front of your kids. Mm-hmm. So that's the hardest part. (laughs) Right, right. But, you know, no screens out at the dinner table, Mm -hmm. for example, Um, or being able to really put it away and give someone your undivided attention. I think how we use the the media really plays a huge role in what our kids are going to do with the media, regardless of what your rules are for the kids. They're watching you all the time. Yep, they really so are true. those little buggers. <laughs> Don't let you get away with anything. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. Thank, thank you. you for joining us. It was a great conversation, and um, we will have links to tons of the stuff you talked about today. Um, there's so much. I love all the app recommendations. Thank you. I know our audience is always looking for more app recommendations for kids. And uh, with holiday season coming up, everyone everyone needs more to do on their trips to visit family. <laughs> So thank you so much. Thank you. It's a pleasure being here. Bye. Bye-bye. Talking tech, apps, entertainment, and issues around parenting the digital generation. This is Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. We are back with our Bites of the Week. 
Amy, what you got? Okay, so this is another podcast, but it's a limited run. It's only six episodes, and I listened to all of it in, like, a 24-hour period because I could not stop. So, like, don't even start it if you don't have, like, whatever six times 45 minutes is because you're oh just going to... Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I never have that. But yes, like, you do. You're going to fly to Israel. There you go. <laughs> no, I did it. I did it like like while I was like running errands and folding laundry and, and stuff like that on Sunday and Monday morning. And um, it's called Dirty John. Oh, I just started it. Oh, my God. Get to the end so we can talk about it. <laughs> um, it's so good. It's really well produced. It's a true story that happened recently that I hadn't heard about, which Me was either. surprising. Maybe it's, it takes place out in California. So maybe if you live out there, you might have heard of the real story. But so good. So, so good. I'm so excited. I feel like I've been on such a dry spell with good podcasts. Like, I've started so many things that people suggested that I just did not like. No, I, I can't. So like, I'm psyched. No, I, I would be really surprised if you didn't like yeah, this Yeah, no, one. I'm halfway through the first episode, and I didn't even want to come up the stairs to, to record. <laughs> so I was like, I just want to listen. So I'm excited. All right, Andrea, what do you have? I'm just so grateful that you guys listen to these things and watch all these TV shows <laughs> so that you can figure out what's good and let me know. <laughs> Thank you, because I really want to listen to more podcasts, so that's awesome. Well, starting with a limited run is good, because then like yes. you're not tied in for years. You just do six episodes, and then no matter how much you're loving it, it's done. Exactly. Like the British exactly. TV shows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so I'm in, like it's holiday season here in the Jersey Bureau, right? It's like my office is stacked with toys to play with, so everybody <laughs> needs to come over and play. But I have to tell you, my favorite thing so far, and I don't even have my son here or anybody to play with me, the new Super Nintendo Classic Edition, <gasps> the Super NES games. I am so excited. I got I got the original kind of classic version last year that they did that mm -hmm. nobody could find in the stores. And there was a real problem with it because it only came with one controller, and the controller mm -hmm. basically had like a two-foot line, so oh. you had to scan in front of it. <laughs> So it was really had... like the classic. <laughs> it was really mini. Yeah, we exactly. Had two controllers on my first one. Um, you had to buy an extra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. So this one, classic Super NES, 20 awesome games, Star Fox, Super Mario World, <laughs> Kirby, Zelda. They have something called Star Fox 2, which they said nobody's ever played before. Um, same little miniaturized version, you know, it looks exactly like with that purple sliding mm -hmm. thing, which does nothing, but they try to recreate it. Uh, comes with two cables that are on a, two controllers that are on a 4.5 foot cable. So I think Ooh, you're still kind still of really sitting cross-legged on the floor in front of your TV, but it'll kind of make you nostalgic, like sitting in the old days. Yeah, except in the old days, you were looking at a 12 inch screen. Right, now you're going to be you sitting said, four feet close. away from like a 16 inch screen that's so weird. i know and i, I don't feel know like what you're gonna thinking. get a little neck ache maybe but we'll see oh uh, we'll i want can that's i tell weird. you when you guys told me to sign up for the amazon truck thing that was the first thing that was on it yeah I know, after my i signed up one. <laughs> i didn't it was did all the way in manhattan and rebecca said she did it was all the way in my manhattan husband. i wasn't gonna did. like go to union square to get it i'm oh. too lazy it was only 80 bucks he went and got one yeah yeah and it's it's 80 bucks i mean it's it's not that expensive and i think for me, it's such a nostalgia factor of number one, playing these games, and number two, if your kids play games, it's a great way to sit and play with them and kind of introduce them to the real games. It's funny, none of those were my favorite games. <gasps> Zelda got me through college. 
Oh, Tetris got me through college. And Tetris. Oh, but when Mario. I was young, when I was young, young, um, when the gaming systems came out, I was all like Cubert and Donkey Kong and Pitfall. Like yeah. I was not a Mario. Yeah, I was. This was not. Doesn't do it for me. Oh, I loved Mario. If I had Cubert on one of these things, I would probably never <laughs> leave my house. <laughs> I was like asteroids. This is dating myself. Definitely Mario, but Asteroids, Centipede, Centipede Galaga, mm-hmm. like right. really old Okay, games. I guess I like all of those. Like, I just played a <laughs> lot of video games when I was younger. I oh, and Frogger. Oh, yeah, I love Frogger. Frogger. Oh, Frogger. We sing the music every time we try I had to cross a in the portable, middle of the street. I had a portable Frogger. Yeah. Just Frogger. Oh, yeah. I loved that. I had a little, did it look yes. like a little mini? It looked like yeah. a little mini. I had it too. Little, it looked like a little video game mini, console. Um, yeah. yeah, like you'd find in an arcade. Yeah. Oh, I'd love that thing. All right, so I want to hear I what everybody's favorite. I can still hear it in my head now, like the bloop, bloop, bloop. The games are. All right. Um, so my bite this week, I thought I would stick to the screen thing, but go super creepy. Um, is a New York Magazine article that came out this summer, but for some reason is making the rounds again right now. So they must be promoting it, and then it caught on much bigger than this summer, which is called Parents Who Pay to Be Watched. Oh, yeah. Um, what? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's the <sighs> creepiest thing. Oh, that's our producer. Bless you, Bless you. <laughs> um, It is the creepiest article about this company that comes into homes and sets up nest cams so that there's 24-hour surveillance of your parenting. And then they have someone, at least one, maybe two people live with you who aren't really trained. They're like 23 <laughs> years old and they're just sort of trained in the system of this company. And they basically like on the spot correct your parenting every time you're dealing with your kid what? in a certain way. And they record your kid's behavior all the time and they intervene even through the camera. Like, they'll say things, and they give the kids, like, a strike and a this. It's and it's not cheap. It's 70. These parents in this article spend $70,000. Can I tell you there are a few pe- people I know, a few parents I know, that I would do that for them for free? If I could just, like, like watch them and correct their parenting well, basically, all day? they said it's, like, Super Nanny, like the reality show. I was show. just going to say, <laughs> Except this is like Super, Super Nanny. Nanny. This but, has been done. No, but Super Nanny is a reality show. You're paying for it. There's... BS involved. There's a, this is not. This is private, supposedly. All I could think is, oh my god, people are recording your family data mm-hmm. for twenty four seven, and you don't know what they're doing with that. Mm-hmm. Like you're crazy. Um, but it is. I mean, the stories about this family who moved back here from Europe and their kid, their thirteen year old, really had the hardest adjustment. They moved to the suburbs of New York, and he, where they had been living in Europe, he obviously they lived in a city, and he could like go everywhere by himself and like go meet his friends whatever and then they moved to the suburbs and he couldn't go anywhere didn't have friends like so he became incredibly addicted to like seriously addicted i mean technically like this was not a kid who couldn't do screen time he was addicted to madden Mm-hmm. NFL and he was hiding in his closet with his Xbox playing but part of it that was really sad was he was talking to his friends like who were in Europe like mm-hmm. while he was playing Madden like it was his connection and they whatever it was they brought this company in to fix it but the other kids also then had to be <laughs> surveilled all right. day I mean you can't you kind of can't believe the story and New York Magazine does this which is why I don't subscribe to New York Magazine to be honest like I read the stuff digitally, but they they love these fear mongery mm-hmm. articles about the very upper class <laughs> and like that's it's their thing. 
But so I don't think this is going to be a giant trend, but I guess <laughs> it's a thing happening in this echelon of people who can afford seventy thousand dollars for someone I'm sorry. to I mean that's the most you. bizarre thing I've ever heard. <laughs> you have to read it. It is the whole time. I'm thinking, I wonder if this is true. Like you know, because you don't know anymore. I'll so. do it for 50 bucks and a bucket of popcorn that I can eat while I watch you. <laughs> watch you say. <laughs> and then you can throw I the want popcorn caps. at the mom. <laughs> I, like, I like snow caps and raisinets. But I think, I don't know. I mean, I, on one hand, I feel like you must be at such desperate ends to, to do this. I mean, obviously, like, I hope you've exhausted everything else under the sun. But their poor kid, he just was miserable moving back and had no independence and left his whole life behind. It didn't seem like an abnormal reaction to Take me. Take the 70k part. and hire him a car and driver until he's old enough to drive himself. Just give him an Uber account. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Just let him Uber himself everywhere. Um, so I don't know, but it's a crazy article and everyone should read it because it's the kind of thing that would be on Odd Mom Out and nobody would believe it. Like I, I my cousin text messages me all the time after she watches Odd Mom Out. Do people really? I'm like, yes. Yep. Do people really? Yes. Yes. They're downplaying it. <laughs> I know. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. The answer is yes. Um, so this is totally the kind of thing that would be on Odd Mom Out and the rest. And I would be like, that's totally hyperbole. Nope. Guess not. But anyway, read it. You'll feel better about yourself. <laughs> You'll feel so much more normal. Anyway, that is our show for today. Thanks, Amy. Thank you. Thanks, Andrea, all the way from New Jersey. Thanks, guys. See you in person soon. Yes. Yep. You can find everything we talked about today on Facebook.com slash Parenting Bites and, of course, on ParentingBites.com. And now you can find us on Radio.com, which sounds so, like, exciting and i don't know official official <laughs> sounds sounds better um and of course on itunes you can rate review subscribe share um until next week bye. it's gonna be halloween happy halloween everybody bye <laughs>